Welcome to Invest Stories, a podcast about real stories, real estate, and taking real action. Join hosts John Cooper and Kyle Robertson as they talk investing, mindset, and taking that first step. We all have a story. What's yours? The Invest Stories Podcast. Booyah! Welcome to the Investories Podcast with me, your host, John Hooper, and Kyle. my co-host. Oh, I said it too fast, didn't I? This yeah. Is, this is Kyle. I trapped you. <laughs> I sound like my, my voicemail recording when I said that. This is Kyle. This is Kyle. Yeah. Is that what you get? Is that, that, you're not that professional, are you? I really, yeah, you should listen to it. Yeah, it's Mine just bad. says, what do you want? I think I recorded it in like 2020. Does it really? No, <laughs> I don't <laughs> even know. I don't think I got one. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, we should probably we should probably talk about podcasting. Is that your chair that keeps creaking? Oh, Kyle? can you hear that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I need to, I need to get some. WD I was like, Kyle's you. either got a parrot or his chair's creaking. Let's go with the parrot thing. That's good. I quite like that. Here you go. We need a show mascot. <laughs> the Investories podcast. Any the Investories parrot. Yeah. Children's book. Oh. Yeah. There you go. Anyway, we're not here to talk about children's literature. We're here to talk about um, investing and uh, specifically creative finance and subject two, because this is our last creative financing season show. Yes. Are you sad, Kyle? No. Oh, okay. I, <laughs> no, no, no. I, I love creative financing. I use it all the time. I, there's just so much out there that I, yeah. I, would, I know that you and I both want to bring to our listeners that... We've probably beat this dead horse. We've been on this this seller or this uh, creative financing kick for it's been months. So we're going to start pivoting into some pretty exciting stuff. So everybody needs to stay tuned to that. When we started it, it wasn't cool. Then it was cool, and now it's not cool again. Right? Yeah. That's it. Ebbs and flow. We're like your dad's leather jacket. Yeah, we're like interest <laughs> rates. <laughs> oh yeah, there we go. That's oh. way more relevant. So today we've got uh, Michael Manatsakani. Did I say it right? No, you did not. <laughs> I knew it. It's Manat Sakanian. Manat Sakanian. Yes. I'm just joking. Um, yeah, so Michael is um, a, he's done creative financing in Alaska and in California and a few other places, but literally across the US and that little bit top left near Russia. Um, and he's he's done creative deals and, and most recently sub two deals. And interestingly, growing that into a business that has that inflow and, and has that complete um, you know, I guess process engine is probably not a bad way to say it of bringing in deals, um, identifying opportunities, writing offers and kind of defining the exit strategy all around creative and sub two. So there's a lot of uh, sub two kind of tactics and, and how to how to do that, how to look at deals and um, get that flow started. Yeah, it give you a lot of confidence, too, because. You know, he, he, he's got an engineer's mind. He thinks about numbers, and, and um, this isn't the only type of investing that he does. We talk about the way that he got his start in the investing space, which was not real estate. And, um, and he, he kind of he walked us through it in a way where it was very achievable, I think, for, for pretty much anybody. So, but he does talk a lot about the creative finance stuff because he's made a, a, a name for himself and, and become very successful on the creative platform. So um, definitely check this one out. Yeah, and uh, here's the episode. Welcome to Investories, Michael Matsakanian. Did I say it wrong or you right? You missed it. I missed the you end, did. right? Any tips, right. Mike? 
Yeah, just say every single letter you see there, nice and easy. <laughs> there, you, there you go. I'm not going to do it again. It's going to go even worse. Here, I'll give you. I'll give you one. It's Manatsakanian. Manatsakanian. Oh. So you pronounce it with a, a vowel sound between the M and the N, then. Mana. Yeah. Not not mana. It's mana. mana. Yeah, it's like a. It's like M U H is how I phonetically ah, spell got it. Ah, gotcha. Okay. Wow. That's, that's much easier. You should have started with that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, welcome to the show. <laughs> welcome to Investories, which is all now all about the English language and how people from England can't speak. So, <laughs> always good, always good. Mike, lovely to have you here. Uh, welcome. Um, you were asking about cussing. If you want to cuss, you can get that out of the way right now. Yeah, I just, it's like, I just make sure because it might accidentally slip a few times. So I just want to be like, oh. Did we just, never do that. Was that yeah, a no-no? We, we've got yeah. four and five-year-olds that listen to how to invest in real estate here, so we prefer you not. Hey, we like them to start out young. Yeah, my daughter's two and a half, but she cusses like a trooper, so <laughs> it's, it's fine. So, Mike, you've got a super interesting story in terms of um, you've kind of your, your real estate career straddles the entire country, basically from Alaska to California. Yes, uh, so we're going to get into that. Um in terms of right now, you're in your W two still and investing, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Yep. So Full-time can you give W2. us the can you give us the kind of run in from maybe high school, college into where you're at now and kind of the the journey into real estate? Yeah. So definitely. Um, so high school, I was a uh, I was a great student. You know, straight A student. I thought my best path to financial freedom. That's always been really important for me. First generation American. So you know, the dream, the American dream of Go become a doctor was always kind of the goal. So studied really hard, uh, got into UC San Diego. That's where I went and uh, studied neuroscience physiology for the first year and a half. Realized I definitely don't want to be a doctor after doing a lot of volunteering and just like was not was not it for me. I did not enjoy that. How long it would take to get there. I didn't want to start my actual career in my 30s. Um, and then... So I pivoted to chemical engineering. I wanted to do something where it was more problem-solving focused. That's a skill set that I've always had. Uh, math, science, really enjoy that kind of stuff. So studied chemical engineering. And during that time, I really started, uh, in addition to a variety of other passions, like sustainability, the environment have always been very important to me. Um, so I really got my inroads into personal finance and really basic stuff. Um, I mean, simple stuff, but not easy for most people to do, right? So just the simple equation, right? Like your savings equals your income minus your expenses. So either I'm reducing my expenses or increasing my income. Otherwise I can't save. If I can't save, I can't invest. And if I can't invest, I won't be able to retire early, which was always been my goal. So really started with the basic foundation of that. A lot of generic stock market investing, things like that. And then um, graduated UCSD, started working, you know, chemical engineering jobs. Wasn't really into it you know the field of chemical engineering actually kind of sucks pays well but it kind of sucks so i actually pivoted to environmental engineering and joined the army so i was in the army for four years including living up in alaska for a couple of those years which was uh pretty awesome actually i really loved it and that's where i got my start to real estate investing i was learning about real estate for years prior to that but i finally took action when i was in alaska um and that all started with a house hack and yeah i could go into any real estate things that you know uh, starting I want, the first question i want to ask is how did the stock investing go so for me it was great right because 
like it's been great and i don't invest like i don't really invest in individual stocks except i did invest in tesla at the time which was phenomenal because i sold out once i got smarter about diversification so i got very lucky that that one exploded in a couple uh like uh like nvidia and stuff like that like those were just companies that I knew a little bit about and invested there. But primarily, I just invest in the S&P 500, expecting 9 to 10% annualized returns over a long time period, inflation adjusted down to 7 8%. And like, as long as I keep investing a certain amount, I'll be able to retire at 45 and then 40. And then, you know, trying to bring that timeline sooner and sooner through the stock market. And even my transition to real estate investing, I was always extremely, extremely conservative in regards to how much I was willing to put in to get into a deal um, to, to take ownership of property. So that's where house hacking made it so easy, especially with my VA loan. I was able to get in 0%. Yeah. And then FHA loan, 3.5%. So like I got uh, six units with total 3.5% down payment amongst those two properties. So it was like that was the easy start for me to not have to divert away from my real estate investing or not have to divert away from my stock market investing. And, um, and then from there... I, I realized, okay, well, like I said, either I can increase my income or I can reduce my expenses. And my thought was, all right, if I'm house hacking a small multifamily, someone's going to help me pay off some of my mortgage. And the way it was in Alaska is cash flows immensely. I mean, it's really great. There's just only, it's a very transient type of state. So people are constantly coming in and out. Not a lot of people want to own homes. So the rent to price is really great there. And not only was I able to offset my uh, mortgage payment, but... They, I was actually able to make money on top of that as well while actually occupying one of the units. So for me, it was like a no-brainer when it came to the numbers. Because before that, when I was in San Diego, underwriting deals forever, like I never took action because it just didn't make logical sense. I didn't want to put a down payment down and then lose money every month. So yeah. it really helped being in the right market to uh, start. And that's really why I got into wholesaling, off-market deal finding, and creative financing because I was able to structure deals with little to no money down. Like... I don't think if it wasn't for house hacking and creative financing, I don't know if I'd really be into real estate. I don't like putting 25% down on a property. So I think that's one thing we never talk about on here, John, is we don't mm-hmm. discuss stock market investing. And mainly because, I mean, I, I do invest in the stock market, but not probably not mm-hmm. to the level that the average person does. It's more of leftover retirement accounts from past W-2 jobs, you know. Um what was scarier for you? Was it was the stock market easier? Was real estate investing scary like it is for a lot of people who never do end up taking action? So what was what was that like? Yeah, one hundred percent. The stock market is like a million percent easier. It's so much easier. All I do is passively invest in uh, index funds that basically track the total U.S. economy. So I know I'm going to get a guaranteed return, not over a short time period, and not if I just invest $5 today, it's going to grow into you know a million bucks. But if you're actively dollar cost averaging, just constantly buying over a long time period, like the US economy has shown us over the last century plus that as long as you just keep actively investing, whether we're going into a recession, depression, whatever, if, you're, if you have a long time horizon, your money's going to grow on average at 10%, you know? over a long time period. So if you, so for me, that was a lot of safety, uh, was just knowing that just looking at the numbers. Cause all I can do is look at the numbers and you can't really save yourself to retirement. It's impossible. You need some type of compounding effect, whether it's stock market investing. I don't even care if you're investing in CDs or bonds or, I mean, that's going to be a lot tougher, right? But, or real estate, you need, you need to have your work, your savings compound on itself it has to be growing 
Um, you can't, yeah, it's really tough to save yourself to retirement unless you have a really high W-2 income, but you know, teach their own, like that's not yeah, what and I wanted. It's the time horizon piece, right? We're doing that for my daughter, which is putting a couple of hundred bucks a month into a, into two and in, well, an index fund and a semiconductor development fund. Mm-hmm. And then just letting that snowball and snowball. And in 20 years, she's going to have a pretty good uh, little nest egg at the, at the end of it. But yeah, that the the trading up trading down kind of uh, day trading shorting is yeah that for me that's that's kind of terrible yeah in it's terms of racking okay, very can I much actually give you one story so of course uh, i i mentioned you guys offline before that i think that i got really lucky with some individual tesla stocks and i was and for you know just coming out of college i had maybe 20 30k gains from some tesla stocks and then i decided you know what i am a killer. Like I'm so good at the stock market. I need to start day trading. So I did some option trading on Tesla when, and it's always been really volatile, but it was extremely volatile. And my thought was, okay, it's going to keep going up. So let me just buy call options basically. And that's like the returns and the losses are like exponential. It's like a hundred X plus, like it's terrible, but it can be great for returns. So I did that. All the money went into that and virtually over the week, I didn't understand like the volatility plays in fact time horizon of your option contracts whatever i virtually lost all 30k like like i didn't lose it but it, it, the value of that contract went to virtually zero and i was like what do i do now that's more money than i've ever spent on all the cars i have that's more money than i've spent like i could have bought i always compared it to like six of those costco massage chairs like those really nice ones i could have bought six of those guys i could have done so many things with that money i could have gone all these vacations and i got lucky that because Tesla's so volatile. It actually did bounce back and I was able to break even. I think I made like 50 bucks. I was so thankful and I was like, all right, that was like the worst. And it was from Friday to Monday. So I had to feel those losses all weekend. Just think about like, I'm going to tell my wife, I'm not going to like all these things. So it's just the worst feeling ever. And I was like, I'm just done. I hate that. So my thought is if I'm going to do something risky, it's got to be real estate because I feel like I have more control over it than just, you know, either be safe with the stock market over a long time horizon very diversified or be more risky like risky with real estate because i have a lot more control over that. thank you for listening to part one of this uh, amazing interview uh, please reach out investorspodcast at gmail.com if you have any questions or investorspod on instagram uh, i think also the same on on tiktok reach out connect uh, we're always happy to hear from you happy to get questions and we'd love to get you on the show if you want to come on and discuss uh, any questions you have or anything you're thinking about or any tactics or strategies and uh, we'll be back tomorrow with uh, Tuesday Techers where we're going to dive into the kind of techniques and the strategies and that side of things so uh, looking forward to connecting with you all tomorrow thank you for listening to the Investories podcast we all have a story what's yours? The Investories Podcast.